HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit Kane5.com. Hi, this is Katie Kiefer from What Doesn't Kill You, Food Industry Insights, and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Listening to the first ever hybrid edition of Let's Get Real Meats Sharp and Blunt. It's a very special occasion today down here in the Foodiness Fallout Shelter. Oh, by the way, I'm Erica Wides, your host. Sitting in today, my new co-host, part-time co-host for now, Emily Peterson. Hi. 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 I, I'm super excited to st- <laughs> start my career as a professional sidekick. You could be the Ed McMahon, except neither of us is like the straight man. No, We're it's both true. both kind of the alpha. It's true. We'll Which see how this goes. Makes it funny. Anyway, so, um, oh, yeah, and this is Heritage Radio Network. Blah, blah, blah. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Dave had too much caffeine or also something Also Caribbean today. dance hall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, should we throw in the Howard Dean scream while we're at it, too? Oh, I'll pull that up. Okay, I'm get sorry, it. I didn't have Surprise it us with it later. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, um, Emily, if you guys don't know this, um, has been also a Heritage Radio host for many Years low, three. these many three years. Three. She was the host of her show, Sharp and Hot, Sharp and Hot, which is sort of temporarily on. I, you know, and I've been sort of toying with the language because I, I say it's present tense. The show is still there. The pot, if you are interested, Podcasts you can forever. go back to episode number one it's, yeah. and listen to the arc of growth and my ability to talk to an empty room. She's never really gone. She lives on. <laughs> Some like Star Trek thing about Stranger Things that I learned. No, that I learned from watching Seinfeld because George like co-opted it in like a speech after Susan died. But it he had like stolen it from something about Wrath of Khan. I will be able to talk about both of these things eloquently because Mark and I are going. My husband and I are going to watch Star Trek 
from the beginning. The show? The show. It's the on Amazon show. Prime. Oh, yep. My mom loved it. I kind of hated it, but now I kind of like it. There, there it is. <laughs> Thank you, Howard Dean. <laughs> oh, Howard Dean, who, by the way, like tweeted last night that he thinks Trump did a line of coke, which that has the sniffing. Okay. Now, you watched the debates. Yes. I did not. I watched Antiques Roadshow and then read Game of Thrones and Smart Fallacy. girl. I figured that the internet and my very smart progressive friends who have been highly cultivated on my social media streams, yeah. I don't have any friends anymore who I don't genuinely care about what they have to yeah, say. Yeah, me too. I blocked them all. You guys have all done a really good job of sort of synthesizing for me what I need to know. Well, that's the thing now with cultures. You don't actually have to experience it because everybody else will talk all about it and explain it within moments to you. That makes it sound like I'm being lazy. No, you're not. You were smart because I watched <laughs> it and I had a terrible night's sleep because all I saw was a giant orange Hitler face. Yeah. Smirking. Mark watched it and woke up and like literally the first thing he wanted to talk about was what happened last night on the debates. And I was like, yeah. I'm I, done. I didn't watch it for a re- it's I have so many feelings. I, have so I many know, feelings. but you know what? We're not talking about the debates no. now. Okay. So remember who's really in charge here. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry. Right. I'm, I'm just the sidekick. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Ed, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So Emily was host and is still host of sharp and hot, but Emily and I for the past few years have been like chatting and talking and becoming friends because we have this kind of weirdly parallel professional life like we I, I won't explain but a lot we've done a lot of the same things and worked for kind of the same people and it was sort of weird and then we met because we both did like a big job for someone who we both kind of hate and we bonded over that but anyway <laughs> um no names mentioned but um a while back, we started talking about how it would be so great if we did our own show together, a hybrid of Let's Get Real and Sharp and Hot. And I, of course, said, well, we have to call it Sharp and Blunt um, because, hello, <laughs> <laughs> because me. And um, we love the idea. And we've been kind of trying to get it off the ground, but work and life and motherhood for her and, you know, I have to go to the gym for me and stuff like that. Um, so we decided she would be my occasional co-host. She would make surprise guest appearances down here in the fallout shelter yeah and you've actually never been down here in the foodiness fallout shelter have you this is a brand new space for me yes nice nice it's nice point right though. yeah we I, re- every summer we kind of shut down and, and we redo it a little bit i like the lava lights thank you a yeah a little retro touch it's kind of soothing when you get really stressed out you can look at them mm-hmm. and um yeah the foodiness fallout shelter is a very special place for me you have to go down the rabbit hole to get to it Mm-hmm. And here we are. And um, we also have foodiness reeducation camp. Did you know that we run those? Yeah. So we run those once in a while, and um, we do might people have people volunteer, or do they get sent by loved ones? They get sent. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's like reform school, and we also once a year do the Golden Uncrustables Awards. Oh. You know the Uncrustable? No. Uncrustables are frozen, pre-made, crustless peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Is that a thing? That's a thing. Your mom, you've pro- oh, except it's peanuts, oh, so you don't see that. Yeah, but um, oh, well, but I'm sure there's a premium priced sun butter version of oh, it for I'm an sure extra four dollars. Well, sorry, Whole Foods, you're a sponsor. Some market <laughs> schmaltz nudes. Some very green progressive market probably sells them too. But yeah, so when I learned about the uncrustable, I was like, okay, that's. That's going to be our thing. We do the Golden Uncrustables Awards <laughs> every year for achievements in foodiness atrocity. There's a uh, in the bread aisle at the grocery store that I cannot bring myself to go to anymore because people are so 
abhorrently behaved that I have become a fresh direct. Like I can't go back. Fresh direct goes all the way out to you. Yeah. And it's amazing. And it seems like that's how it should be. Like, I feel like fresh direct in an urban environment is ridiculous. You guys have access to walking to a farmer's market on any day of the week. Then you have to carry it all home. Who? <laughs> you have the farmers coming to you. Um, you but you live on a farm. I do, I do, but I need you know I don't have dairy. Grow, I don't yeah. Have, yeah. So I have I have plenty of chicken, plenty of I will soon have plenty of eggs. I have plenty of vegetables uh, and some. I have some apples uh, hmm. this year, but uh, when they I do go to the grocery store, there is right at the top of the bread aisle, which is which shares the aisle with the ice cream. Of course, there is a sleeve. Oh, my God. Of toast. Pre-made toast. Toast. With instructions oh to warm God. it up in the microwave. In the microwave. <laughs> I was like, this cannot stand. There are so many products like that that I've been able to do 160-something episodes of this show basically just talking about that. I I feel for people. I was there the a few weeks ago, and there was an overweight mom and her overweight son, and they had a list that looked like it had been printed out from like a grocery shopping list. It looked like it had been printed out from a web page. Like I could see the mm-hmm. URL stuff across the top, and they were holding two boxes of cereal in the cereal aisle, and they were trying to make what was the, going to be the healthier choice oh between the two. Neither I, and it's like. You don't interrupt people in their private lives to tell them to oh, just get out of the cereal yes, aisle. Yes, you do. You do? Yeah. See, I can't no, bring myself to do I'm it. I'm lying. I can't bring myself to I do it because I, I don't. I I'm a New Yorker. You know, like, I, don't, I barely make eye contact with people. But I'm like watching them and how hard it is for them. And, and let me preface this by saying my accountant wants to like put me in a home like i need re-education camp for money so i am oh, yeah, not like right. i am not perfect in, yeah. in any way when it comes to food i have figured out a few things one of them is if you're comparing you know whole grain quantities yeah. of honey nut cheerios versus chocolate charms. right yeah you're not you're not gonna win that battle you're an idiot and I feel so sorry for them because they were there and they were trying. And then, oh you know, I just Madison Avenue and advertising campaigns and marketing firms and the gluten free aisle. I'll see them coming. They see, yep. they see them coming. Oh, that's foodiness. That's what it's all about. It's yeah. about serving up shit in disguise. It's like taking something like Lucky Charms and saying, well, now with whole grain. And that's foodiness right there. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Our Dean. Yeah, it's, that guy. it's really, really, really intense. That's what this whole show is basically about. So, but, okay, we had an agenda here. Yeah, we, we did. Actually we actually had a run of show. We did. Which is Emily's Cholesterol. Yes. Now, first of all, we're going to preface this by saying, Kristen Wartman, who is the resident, I should have had her here today, <laughs> resident in-house producer. <laughs> nutrition educator, Kristen Wartman, off uh, an occasional guest. She's going to be on more lately. Her book is coming out soon. Her book is called Formerly Known as Food. Um, Kristen says cholesterol levels are irrelevant. They don't matter. She said cholesterol is one of the most important molecules actually in your body. Your brain needs it because your brain is made up of fat and you need cholesterol in your brain. And she's, and I totally believe her because I have read many things that say there is no proven 
link between dietary cholesterol and blood cholesterol levels. And as we know, fat has been completely vindicated now, and we're all embracing fat. And the whole fat phobic thing was big money spin by the sugar industry. We know all this. We don't have to go over that and again. Harvard at Harvard. I know those Harvard. fuckers at Harvard got there bought is off. no Santa Claus, man. Nope. I'll tell you. Oh my God. Hello, Jews. Thank you. <laughs> um. Anyway, so. For years, my doctor's been saying, oh, your cholesterol is kind of high. And years ago, I remember my nurse practitioner being like, we advise our patients to follow a low-fat diet. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you and your low-fat diet because I tried that for years and it didn't work and all I did was get fat and sick. So I've completely reversed all of that. I don't know what my levels are now because when my doctor does them, I don't even look. Hmm, okay. I've decided to, you know, ignorance is bliss. My family has genetically high cholesterol levels. It doesn't matter, you know. I mean, I'm going to say this and then I'm probably going to have a heart attack on the way home or something. <laughs> But don't, anyway, you just got a co-host, don't I know, right? <laughs> um, okay, so tell us what's going on. Okay, so I am with you. I come from a genetic, a long genetic line of high cholesterol, I am- and also, not to be Trumpian and interrupt you, Hillary. Yeah, yeah. sugar causes Alzheimer's. I yes. Sh- uh, where where it's do brain we brain inflammation? They're calling it type three diabetes, Alzheimer's. It is diabetes of the brain, sugar and refined grains, Alzheimer's. FYI, cereal eaters, you're right. fucked. Okay, if you sorry. need another reason to get away, step away from the lucky charms. Yeah. Um, so I come from a long line of genetically high cholesterol having people. I also come from a long line of people who love food and butter and roux and Smart. southern food. And even though I grew up in the Northeast, lobster, yeah, super high lobster. cholesterol. Like No, not. I mean, yes, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't but matter. It, so all of, but yeah. all of the messaging is... Uh, I am a fat-loving diet, not-needing person because my whole life, my metabolism has blessed me with the ability to sort of blindly eat and drink whatever I want. Right, and I was a little chubster. And you were in the opposite boat. Yeah. So then I had a son, and three years went by, and I was still saying, like, oh, I just had a baby. And by that logic, I could see myself joking and saying that when he was leaving for college. Yeah. Like, this extra 40, 50 pounds I have put on. Uh, just kidding. Like, I just had a baby. So I work at NYU in the food studies program. I am a teacher there. And NYU offers an annual free cholesterol screening to any of their staff members who uh-huh. want it. So I had been trying to lose the weight. I had been running. I run a lot. they don't give you health insurance. Not as an adjunct. Yeah. Nope. Uh, they, well, that's not entirely fair. They okay. will starting now, but I have to pay a significant amount okay. of money anyway. for it. Um, but they will screen your cholesterol for you for free and give you a free flu shot. Uh, so Thanks. I ran a half marathon. I had been running actively. I'd been using my fitness pal, tracking in and out every single calorie. I got a, a Fitbit and nothing. No, I could not get below 170 pounds, which for me felt like a lot of weight to carry. FYI, she's very tall. I am tall. Okay, I am so, almost six feet tall. Yeah, and wear but heels. I had always been. No, oh my God, I wouldn't wear heels if my life depended. Not on heels, it. but like you know, I do clogs, wear chunky. I do wear chunky to yes. make me feel platforms. <laughs> I love a good platform. So I went and had my cholesterol test uh, tested with my husband about three years ago, and it was like 
frighteningly high. My husband, I I sort of made him go to the doctor with me because I was sure that I was the healthy one and I wanted right. him to get his shit and you together. Wanted to feel smug. Yeah, totally. And he was. We should call this smug and smug. <laughs> I wanted to feel smug. It completely backfired because he was essentially the picture of health, and <laughs> I was in like Psych. yeah, like serious danger zone. Now, to be fair, we hadn't fasted, so I did it again when I started working at NYU one year ago, almost to the day, and it was still very high. I had fasted. I just heard that the whole fasting thing doesn't matter. As long as you tell them whether or not you fasted, Uh. then they will see the difference. But for the one last year, I fasted, and it was still really Mm. high, like really high. I also had still been running, still been dieting, hadn't lost a shred of weight, Mm. not any. Then Then. I quit drinking. I quit drinking six and a half months ago. And I have given myself freedom to eat whatever I want, including multiple servings of ice cream per day, (laughs) because giving up drinking has not been easy, although my entire life has improved. Mm. And today I went and had my cholesterol tested again. The only change I have made is not drinking. I lost 30 pounds. Wow. And my numbers are now... Here we go. Ready for the big reveal? The picture of perfect. Oh, my God. It's perfect. And I'm like... (laughs) So it may not matter, but it feels really good. What are the numbers? Like, just not that it matters, but... So uh, my total cholesterol is 200, which is optimal. Optimal. My triglycerides are 50. The little note here says less than 150 is optimal. Wow. My good cholesterol, HDL cholesterol, greater than 40 is what you want. Mine is 72. You go, girl. And my ratio, TDC to HDL ratio, less than 4.5 is optimal. It is 2.8. Wow. I know. I could, And I eat all the ice cream I want. I eat- so that throws out our whole thing, though, about sugar. Like, But I think... The thing about sugar, well, because I'm drink, bal- I was drinking primarily yeah. wine, which has a lot of residual sugar, right. even the dry wines. Well, plus ice cream has a lot of fat, and fat slows down your absorption of sugar, so mm-hmm. you don't spike like people yep. eating like low fat and diet products. And right. fuck soda. that, no, it's yeah. it's 100. We eat full fat yogurt. I drink yeah, full too. fat milk. I eat a shitload of full fat cheese. Yeah, so do I. And slices of American because it's my secret shame food. Um, really? Oh, I love it. But is it? It's like the real like milk American, right? Not like the kind that's made from soybean oil. I hope it is the uh, neon yellow, individually wrapped slices of American cheese. But is it made from milk? Uh, it is Horizon Organic. Oh, okay. I would have to. Then check. you're fine. That's fine. It's, that's fine. Sorry. Whether or not it's Some made from milk is not a priority. <laughs> Some of those aren't even a dairy product. No, no. It's it's. I believe it is made from it. I I will check. And I well, have if also it's Horizon Organic. You're I've reined it. I could just be organic soybean oil. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I went into it thinking, like, I've, I feel so much better. Giving up drinking has been the best thing that I have ever done for myself, ever, huh. uh, for a variety of reasons. And now I'm sort of on the other side where I can't, I can't imagine how much I drank. Like, I, I, it's like frightens me to think how often and how much I was drinking. Um, and to have numbers to confirm to your my clothes fit better. I was at the point where I thought that just clothing had gotten terrible. <laughs> well, it has, but... <laughs> no, no, it was me because I went to Century 21 the other day and I was like, oh, this is cute and this is cute and this I know, is cute and this is cute. It's like, amazing. Try on anything I want. And there is some self-discipline involved. 
you know, and I, I don't mean to put everything back on to individuals, but there is some self-discipline of me having to tell myself to pull yourself together. Mm. And wow. I can't. I know. mean, it's amazing that you sort of had this self-awareness and the wherewithal to do that and that you did it. And that's amazing. You know, and as a parent, you sort of saw where you were going with that. I didn't want to be drunk mom. Yeah. I didn't want to be drunk mom. I had a really traumatic experience. I had a, my first real boyfriend, uh, whose name, uh, I will not say to protect his mom's identity. Uh, she drank extremely heavily and I didn't know it. I sort of wasn't aware of it at the time. And there were times when we would go back to his house in the evening and she would have drank a significant amount of Kahlua Ew. and vodka. Ew. And she would have her husband sort of put his, sling her arm around his neck and he would take her up the stairs to put her to bed. Yeah. And I, that was really frightening to me as yeah. a teenager. And then I sh- just started seeing that in myself. Ew. And it was like, this slope is far too slippery yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. You're too smart and too with it and... And it sucks, you know, like I would give my left pinky toe to be able to have, have a glass of wine. Well, you don't really need a pinky toe. I know, which is why no I'm purpose. like, why, this is why there's not a God. This is why I'm convinced. Because if there was, he would take that bargain. Would you give a thumb? No. Okay. No. So then we know you're serious. I'm serious. <laughs> but I wish I was someone who could have a glass of wine. Yeah. And See, I'm just not. Yeah, I I'm am just not. that. Yeah. My husband is. Mark yeah. is not giving up drinking. He's very... But mostly because I have a glass of wine and then I fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have a glass of wine and then number two seems like a great idea. And the next thing you know, we're in the bottle number yeah. two. And, right. You know, and I've had to ask my husband, like, have you drank? I mean, regularly. Did you have any of this wine? Because so much of it right. is missing from the bottle. Mm. So, and it sucks because I, you know, I, I passed the sommelier exam. You know, wow. like I know I have a long history of education in the wine industry and I was hiding behind that. Yeah. Telling myself, like, oh, no, I mean, like, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I mean, can you imagine how many people in that industry are drunk? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like and everyone. Like, now I go to industry events all the time, and being sober at them is very, very right? Nobody's really that interesting or entertaining or no. fun. Oh, I get smarter at the later yeah. the night gets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, our, my next-door neighbor growing up, they were both super heavy drinkers. I used to babysit for them a lot. They would come home like, shit and they would have driven home. Yeah. And um, it was the same thing. He used to basically have to carry her up the stairs every night. And one night, um, he was helping her up the stairs, and she, like, turned around to yell at the kids, and he lost his grip on her, and she fell downstairs and broke her neck. And that was the end. Were you there as the babysitter? No. I was home, and it was weird because it was in the middle of a huge thunderstorm, and... I could hear the screaming, like they were having this big fight, and I could Ooh. hear screaming over the storm, and I was like, what am I hearing? Like, what is that? It was so weird. And then the next day, he called, and he said, Gail's in the hospital. She's in a coma. She died? She died. Oof, that's brutal. Yeah. She died because she weighed, like, 98 pounds mm-hmm. because she didn't eat. She was a drinker who just drank and smoked cigarettes constantly, and Ugh. she was, like, 98 pounds, and her body was like, forget it. Yeah. There's nothing here to fight I feel for. for the I feel for the inner storms because I have them, too, and it's like... I There, there was someone in my history who fell down the stairs and died, and it was like, no one said it out loud, but it was... Like, yeah, that's why you were not sober at 11 o'clock at night on a Friday. Yeah. yeah. And then both of those kids wound up on Coke and they were uh, addicts. And it was bad news. That's bad news. Bears. Not a happy family. Yeah. Let's talk about happy things. My cholesterol is great. I and know. So that's amazing. Good I job. don't care if it matters or not. At this point, I'm just like, sweet. I have one more thing that my doctor's not going to roll his eyes on. And I don't have to lie to him anymore about how much I drink. <laughs> 
That's awesome. <laughs> you get the award. Thank you. Do I get the, un- the Golden Uncrustable? Those are for foodiness atrocities. Ah, I see. You okay. um, can I have the golden the golden kale? You can have the golden kale. Okay, the golden kale leaf award. Yep. Um, let's take a little break because mm-hmm. we're supposed to, mm-hmm. and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about you know who A B A B A B. There's right. no Santa Claus. Oh my God! We'll be right back. <laughs> And this one's called Greenwood Cemetery by Teeth People. We'll be right back. This is Chris Howell from Cane Vineyard and Winery, calling in from Spring Mountain above the Napa Valley. Thank you for listening to this show. In our industrial world of highly processed food and wine, we support the values of Heritage Radio Network. All of us at Kane encourage you to seek out individuality and beauty in everything you eat and drink. To learn more about us, go to Kane5.com. Welcome back to... Let's get real slash sharp and blunt. The new hybrid version of Let's Get Real, which you will be hearing occasionally airing live from down here in the Food News Wallet Shelter with today's co-host, Emily Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) And Howard Dean. I have three friends named Emily, and I always have to stop and be like, wait, which one? Which one? Which one? I've had a a barbecue in our backyard. We had five Emilys at the party. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I was at the library today in the cafe area because it's Brooklyn, so the library has a cafe. And I heard my name. Someone goes, Erica. And I like, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I turned around and this woman behind me like had ordered something. And she was like, oh, your name's Erica too? I was like, mm-hmm. Growing up, I was the only Erica in the world. Mm-hmm. There were no other ones. There are a lot now. So uh, when you go to a cafe and they ask you for your name for your flat white or whatever it is you're ordering, <laughs> do you give them your real name? I do. I always forget to like, be <laughs> funny and clever. It's just easier. I when I'm alone, I don't usually do it. But if I'm with somebody else, especially someone who's unsuspecting, I will come. I will usually give the name Bunny. Bunny, <laughs> and I'll do it to completely That's deadpan. Great. And then the person it like challenges the person that I'm with to maintain a straight face. Bunny, isn't that it's your online fun. chess playing name? Too? Yes. Yes. Tell me about that. I have been playing online chess with a guy in Egypt, and he makes me very grateful for the variety of food that I have. We talk a lot about food. Mm. He is 22. He is a recent graduate from engineering school and eats, from what I can tell, exclusively bread and cheese. Really? I think out of lack of access to variety. Yeah. No hummus? No. No falafel? No. He has not mentioned that. Um, and then and there is another picky. kid from the United States who's a varsity sports player who, within five sentences, genuinely wanted to know if I was a Playboy bunny. Because that's who would be playing chess with him. Yeah, named Bunny. So I told Because it would be so yeah, obvious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I told him I was a guy. <laughs> just to fuck with him. Nice. I was like, bunny. what makes you think I'm a girl? Your name is Bunny. So I just figured. And I was like, no, it was a nickname my grandmother gave me. But bunny, I get, as in yeah. bugs. Yeah. <laughs> He was a boy. Yeah, so you can find me on Chess with Friends if you want to play, and I will try to fuck with you, too. I don't know how to play chess. I've tried to learn, but I'm, I'm too dumb. I have lost every game I've ever played online. 
But that's okay because oh. I've only been playing for about I, two weeks. Once in a while, I play this thing called Quiz Up because the only game oh, I'm yeah. good at is trivia. Yeah, Quiz Up is fun. Because I have learned that I have no ability to strategize about anything. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I don't have the strategy gene, so I can't play chess. Mm. And I can't strategize in general about things. If chess was appealing to you, the critical thing is to be matched with someone with your same ability level. Like so a two-year-old? Maybe. Yeah, you could play They're with probably a kid. even better than yeah, me. Yeah, you could play with a kid because then you're, you grow. It's like playing words with friends. You want to play with someone who's not really good oh, at it right away. And I you am very good at Scrabble. It. Do you play words with friends? No. Oh, it's so fun. Uh, Except for the advertising. So the other day I was going to just pay for the app. Because I figure, ah, it's like three bucks, and there's so much advertising. Oh. And it's $10 for the app. Yeah, I'm too cheap. I was really cheap about it. Yeah, I can't strategize, and I'm really cheap. You don't strike me as like an app game player. No. Yeah. No. I love games. No. Okay, we have to talk about AB, because this is a big revelation. And we can go long. I mean, it's getting late, but we can go long. Can we go long? Yeah. I mean, there's two of us. Do we get twice Dave, can we go long? Yeah. He's nodding. Dave? Okay. Good. Yeah, within reason. <laughs> within reason. Like another hour. I, okay. I do have to take my kid to swim. So Okay. Mm-hmm. And I have to go. I have stuff I have to do too. Um, oh, me too. <laughs> really? Oh, right. Dave's here too. <laughs> and Howard Dean. Okay. So AB, in case you're wondering, is Alton Brown. Mm. Now, I don't have cable. I haven't watched Food Network in years. But in the old days when I did, I was a... Huge Alton Brown fan, like devoted fanatic, because I loved Good Eats so yep. much. Because I always said that I was like the female Alton Brown, and that's who I always wanted to be. Because I love food science, and I just like and loved that show. Was like, like creative and quirky, yeah. and he completely created it. I mean, it was awesome. It was like the best show ever on Food Network. It still is. It's on Netflix. It's it it's holds great. up. It's still excellent. Yeah. And I always thought, oh, my God, Alton Brown's such a cool guy. I want to meet him. He's so great. I want to be his best friend. I always thought, like, how am I ever going to, like, get myself in there so we can hang out and be buddies and whatever. You too? Same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah. I really wanted to be a Food Network star. I was on a flight once from Savannah with a layover in Atlanta, and we were grounded in Atlanta because there were thunderstorms in New York City, and he was on the plane. Mm. And when we walked through first class to go back to steerage, my husband was like, that's out in brown. So I went back to my seat, and I wrote him a note, and I said, if you ever need an assistant, <laughs> I will work for you. I will, whatever you need, I will do. And that. It didn't sound as sexual as it did just then. Mm. And then I wrote my, I was Bunny. writing a food website uh, at the Bunny. time, a blog at the time. Blogs were like a brand new thing. And I folded it up and I get, I was so nervous. I had oh not gone to culinary school yet. I was still like okay. in my bad, you know, stuck career. I gathered all of my courage. I walked back to first class and I handed it to him and I made eye contact and then I ran back to my seat. And the next day, I logged into WordPress and looked at the stats on my website, and they had skyrocketed huh. from, like, two, which is, like, my aunt's, yeah. <laughs> to, like, over 100. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God, he is telling everyone to look at my website. The Food Network is going to call. And then they never called, and the next day, I went, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, well, he did not like what he saw. I guess not. Or he just didn't care. Or he just didn't care. Flash forward to, uh, I was cast to participate in Cutthroat Kitchen. Right. And I talked, I sort of became buddies with the producer who was a really funny, interesting guy. And I asked him if I should tell him that airplane story. And I said, my husband said not to say that, not to say anything, just let it go. And the producer, Billy, said, yeah, your husband's right. Don't. Don't tell them that story. Yeah, people don't care. Famous people, they don't give a shit. I mean, they don't want to be bothered. Um, 
People try to do that to me all the time. I know. Now that I'm famous, you know. And I'm like, come on, people. Just leave me alone here in my coach seat. Yep. It just happened to, to me on 14th Street. Movie. Somebody yeah. said, hey, yeah. get out of my way. Yeah. That was so lame. Yeah. That was a lame joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so we both have Alton Brown history. Mm-hmm. I was asked to be on Cutthroat Kitchen, but I turned them down. That oh, was fun. Yeah. I, well, I should say I signed a million dollar non-disclosure agreement. I am allowed to acknowledge my participation. That's it. That's it. Forever. You should find out if that's forever. I have usually to find there's out. a couple years. Except I think statute. if that was true, then wouldn't there be books published by all the like back, you know, maybe like, you know, the, the secret world of Cutthroat Kitchen. I don't know. When I was on Chopped, we had to sign something, but I don't think I read it. <laughs> I, remember I remember I had a literary agent at the time because I thought I was going to have a book and I asked him to read it and I said, should I sign this? And he said, no, no one, no one should sign this. This is terrible. This is like, yeah. you know, it's, it literally says things like all perpetuity through all space and time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of my students. So also I, uh, I was, did you know, I was the first person to audition for the first season of top chef no yeah before they even even opened up casting wow i was the first person to audition and i did not get on but one of my students years later got on and she told me about what they had to sign and it was insane yeah he I was mean, like do not sign this and then yeah. i was like but then he was like well do you want to be on the show and i was like well yeah he was like well then you sign it yeah so yeah. I mean, the thing they had to sign for Top Chef was so crazy. It was like any promotional thing, anything you do at all that is at all connected, we own. Mm-hmm. You have no rights to any of it. You can't make any money off of it. You can't talk about it. It was like, I was like, Sarah, wow, you know, you really should have reconsidered that. She's like, well, I wanted to be on the show. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, so back to Alan Brown, who we loved and worshipped and adored and idolized. And even when he stopped doing Good Eats and became the tuxedoed host of Master Chef. And he had Feasting on Asphalt and Feasting on Waves oh, in between. God, I forgot all about those. Great. I loved those. I loved Feasting on Waves. Oh, you know, by then, I don't I don't think I had cable anymore. But. I just, he, he gave me the idea, which was very misguided and unfortunate, but the idea that you could have a television show where someone would pay you to travel and eat and talk about it on camera. Oh. Yeah. So I was living vicariously through him and this idea that that was something I could aspire to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you can, but... Some people can. Yeah. Alton Brown can. So, right, he did those, and then he did the Top Chef hosting thing, or Master Chef, or whatever it is. What does he host? Iron, Iron Chef. Chef. Iron Chef, Chef, yeah. shows. Iron Chef America. Iron Chef America. Fine. Whatever. You know, now he's rich, he's famous, blah, blah, blah. So this morning, I'm reading the Little Times app. That's the app. Not, I, you know, I don't do game apps. I read the Times <laughs> And um, there was an article about how Alton Brown um, now has this new book out. And it's like a sort of like what I cook and eat at home kind of book and how he is trying to kind of reinvent himself. He's doing this like live touring, like Broadway I went to show. See it. Oh, I went did? to see it uh-huh. this summer. Mm-hmm. OK. And at some point in the article, they mention I think there was something about the election. And he said, oh, this is the first time I think I might have to vote for a Democrat since Dukakis. And I was like, uh, wait, what? It was like mm-hmm. needle scratching on, you know, what? And then it said he is an avowed conservative Christian who carries a gun and a Bible with him wherever he goes. And I, I can't, I, I, I'm like, what? Uh, oh. I think I, I don't, I, I'm 
gobsmacked. Yeah, I don't know what hurts more. That that is true or that it doesn't come as any surprise. <laughs> See, I thought that he was one of those like progressive Southerners, you know, like he may be from the South, but he's at least. Nope. nope. No, no. Gun toting, Bible thumping, right wing conservative Southerner. Who's going to vote for Hillary. That's how so bad things says. have gotten. Yeah. Yeah, at least, so at least he's not voting for Trump. I well, think. he said, I might have to vote for a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And then they were talking about how he just got divorced. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, he just got divorced <gasps> from his second wife. The freaking sky is falling. Divorced from his second wife. And he's apparently... Don't they have like three young kids? I thought he just said one, like a teenager. So here's the problem with idolizing someone. You construct a whole life yeah. for them that doesn't even yeah. exist for right. them. <laughs> so he's getting, he got divorced, and but but apparently he's involved in this church, this like very conservative Christian church, where the church tried really, really, really hard to get them not to divorce. Like the church was like putting all this pressure on him not to divorce because they don't believe in divorce or something. But apparently the wife is like also super conservative and like keeps a Bible on her desk and is even more devout than he is. So things must have gotten really bad. And so he has now left his church because he was mad. Is this in the book? Is the book like part memoir? I don't or was think this... so. It was in this Times article. Ooh, that, I'm going to have to look. This is yeah, juicy. I know. Now, I was reading it early this morning, so I might be getting a few things wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what People I read. People do not come to Sharp and Blunt for the facts, Erica. No, Sharp and Blunt a little bit about hyperbole and speculation. It's a little like TMZ. Yeah, it's like meets, TMZ for food. Meets a Hollywood Insider Edition Entertainment Weekly or something. Uh, yeah, so I think that that's a great, that's our elevator pitch. There you go. And we were recording it so we can go back and memorize it. <laughs> so that's the big Elton Brown heartbreaker disappointment story for both of us today. I can, uh, I can only hope, I, I don't know, I don't want to offend anybody. Fuck it. I can only hope that this experience will shake his faith and maybe he will start questioning the underpinnings of those choices of the things that he carries. That it's not just part of his identity to be a Southern <laughs> conservative man. If he can get divorced, what else could we question? Could we question why we feel the need to carry around a gun with the belief that given the opportunity, yeah. we will turn into Jason Bourne? Because yeah. I think that's what people think. I think so. They have to protect themselves. Because we live in crazy land, a perfectly safe. In- oh, that too. And he's a white guy. <laughs> and he's a white guy I've... who probably is rarely on his own in public because right. he doesn't want to be recognized. And if he felt threatened, I would think he could make one phone call to someone at the Food Network and they would assign him a security detail. I dated a bodyguard for some other famous person. Really? Was yeah. it Kevin Costner? No, it was some sport ball. No, I mean, was person. the bodyguard? Oh. <laughs> Oh, no, no, that was that was one of those relationships I look back on and think, oof. Yeah. Oh, bad. Ooh, oh, bad. What was I that doing? Was oh, temporary um, insanity. But when one phone call and he would have his own security detail if he was concerned. And I don't think it's that. I think it's a machismo because I can. Yeah. And if the apocalypse is coming and we do live on a farm, do I need a gun? You know, like yeah. I, there's a lot. I, I I'm not being glib or superficial in the argument. I understand the motivation 
to have one. Um, well, you could need one because those bears keep coming. Bears and hawks. Ha- okay, and so foxes. yeah, we have so much to talk about. We, we, so we are so far out of time. I know we have a lot to talk about. So okay, next time we'll talk okay. about guns and hawks. Guns and hawks and yep. bears and bears and Ethan Hawk. Yep. Oh, he was on Colbert Report the other or uh, the Late Show the other night. Yeah. I love Stephen Colbert. Yeah. His ratings are very low. Mark and I are convinced it's because he's really smart. And not oh. enough people who are really smart. So are you know all the dum dums watch Jimmy Fallon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon. What, what an idiot. What's up with that guy? Anyway, I you know, I teach so I used to teach at Ice. We know now I teach at a little school called Home Cooking New York. And last Christmas, one of Colbert's producers or somebody bought him a private lesson with us what? for Christmas. Did you teach in Colbert home? how he to He never cook? used it. Ah. Never cast it in. But Jennifer, who owns the school, was like, she told me about it. I was like, I'm going. I'm going to go to his house in Montclair. <laughs> She's like, are you kidding? She's like, I'm going. I own the school. He lives right down the way from me. I kind of want to just go hang out in Montclair and see. right up the block from a friend of mine. I know. Let's I saw stalking. Mo Rocca coming out of an apartment building on my oh. commute home yesterday. Yeah, I'm like, Rocca. if we could have a dinner party with Mo Rocca and Colbert and Stephanie, uh, Samantha, Samantha B. Samantha B. That would be pretty fun. Samantha B. Um, hello. I applied to be a writing intern on your show and I was rejected. <gasps> yeah. But I bet Morocco would come down to the Fallout Shelter. Yeah, he hosted he the uh, Taste Talks Awards last night. He did? Ah. Yeah. How come I wasn't invited to that? I don't know. I was there. We should talk about this off air because I have feelings about invitations to food events. Oh. Or we could just talk about... Okay, so next week. Guns, <laughs> Hawks, Ethan Hawk, food events. I think we have our programming and schedule. Morocco. And Morocco. And Morocco. Come on our show. Okay. Okay. Well, that's it. Oh, my God. We just went way over. We only took one break. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Let's Get Real slash Sharp and Blunt with my co-host, Emily Peterson. I'm at Shemily, uh, Chef Emily P on Instagram. Shemily. I'm Chef at Emily P. Let's Get Real show on all the things. And uh, thanks for tuning in. You will have more of hybrid show mania in the future. So stay tuned. We're going to play Emily's song now going out. So Thank you fair. for having me, Erica. You're so welcome. Anytime. I appreciate it. Okay. See ya. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>